0: So, you know, it's like, well, what do you, you know, you preach vision one week. What do you come? What do you come the next week and, and preach? And, uh, yeah, I just want to say a warm welcome to everyone down in the um, uh, uh, Overflow Room. Great to, great to have you here. We celebrate the fact, and we know you're going to be well looked after down there. But I, I felt there was something I shared uh, last week, and I just alluded to it, about uh, David and Jonathan and that whole thing to do with encouragement. I felt just prompted by the Spirit of God to to come and do some teaching today. So I'm going to teach today, but I'm I'm going to talk about um, developing a culture of encouragement. Developing a culture of encouragement. So I'm going to go back to that scripture that first inspired me in 1 Samuel 14. And uh, I know that to many it will be uh, familiar and if it isn't. maybe it's your first time here. Absolutely no worries. Don't worry. I'm going to explain it well. But this, there's a story in First Samuel of, of, of Saul and his son Jonathan. and actually the, 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 the story goes that Saul's men are they, they, they're hiding away uh, from a, a, a very um, tyrannical enemy who are much bigger and overwhelmingly greater than them. And they are, they are hiding under some pomegranate trees away from the enemy. And something comes upon Jonathan. I believe it's the Spirit of God, but something comes upon Jonathan to say, let's do something about it. And in verse 1 of 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor-bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And as I've said, Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under pomegranate tree. In Migron with him were about 600 men. So then go with me to verse 6. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps The Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And this is what gets to me. The young armor bearer said, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. And of course, you see, it wasn't just, I mean, it wasn't just words of encouragement, both the armor bearer and Jonathan were literally putting their life on the line. I mean, it's one thing, you know, Jonathan going on a suicide mission, which some might have considered it to be, but the armor bearer uh, joined him and said, do all that you have in mind uh, I'm with your heart and soul. And, and it's just, it was the power of that moment, the power of that moment of encouragement, because Jonathan just made the decision to break out from the ranks of discouragement. He said, perhaps, maybe, the Lord. Well, it, was a, it was a refusal to be paralyzed by their position. And, and, and just a simple but powerful acknowledgement that God was able. Because who can hinder the Lord? He was just stepping out in what he knew of God. And perhaps... The Lord will help him, of course. I believe that the encouragement of the armor-bearer did much more than we realize and actually contributed significantly to Jonathan making a start on following through. Sometimes you just got to make a start. Turn to someone and say, make a start. you just got to make a start. You know, you're, you can't always be looking for for perfect conditions. Well, the truth is you can. You can always be looking for that and never do anything and never go anywhere. You know, life has a tendency to respond to what you put into it and the approach you have. And, and uh, you know, I say again, you know, I just tend to live life like the lights are on green. Uh, that God says, yes, that you can go until they turn red. And sometimes they do. But it's better than just sitting like, Believing that the lights are always red and that you can't do anything until you get a word. But anyway, that's another message for another day. So they made, they, they, they made a start. They stepped out in confidence and God met them at the point of their courage. And then, of course, we know the account. The, the story was quite amazing. They got up there. They started fighting. God turned up, sent a panic amongst the, the enemies and gave them an overwhelming victory, miraculous victory against all the odds. But it was then what happened, just the, the fact that so many other people got their breakthrough because of their actions that had begun with this word of encouragement. And it was just the power of encouragement and the ongoing consequences that encouragement can have in somebody's life and situation. It has far-reaching implications. So that's, that's where I was. That's, I thought, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm encouraged about that. I'm going to go and talk uh, to the church family about that. And, and then I was, re, I was reflecting, you know, it's, it's one thing to be encouraging. But the truth is that you've actually got to be able to receive encouragement. See, people can try and encourage you, but if you can't receive encouragement, it's like water off a duck's back. In other words, you can be surrounded by encouragement, but what is in you will repel what's, what you are in. The, the duck is in the water, but what is in the duck repels the water. You can be in an environment of encouragement, but what is in you can repel that encouragement unless you have the ability to receive it. Some of us, and I understand this, I get, I, I get it. Some of us, we have not grown up in an environment where we have been encouraged, and we have learned to operate without encouragement. The problem can be with that is that, that When encouragement is on offer, we find ourselves with an inability to receive it because we're not used to operating in that environment. So we've become more used to surviving through discouragement rather than being motivated by encouragement. And, you know, some of that is just, it's the way, it's our approach to life. We... We just get skilled at batting away encouragement that's on offer. It's the way our mind can relate to things. So it's like, I don't know. I, I am surprised at my, my own ability to, I could hear 10 great comments. And someone makes one negative comment. And I, I never fail to be amazed that I can end up focusing on the one negative comment. And not the 10 great comments that have been made. How? You know, like, you know, why? How? Why do we have that ability, some of us, to do that and focus on the negative? You know, some, you know, some of us, in batting away, encouraging, maybe, maybe someone just comes up to you and say, Oh, you look nice. And you go, Oh, it was only cheap. I, I got it in a sale. Um, oh, you know, oh it's, oh, it's old. It's old. You know, why, no one was asking the price. No one was asking how old it was. Can you can you not just say thank you? Can you not? Why why do we have to feel that we bat away the encouragement? Why, so you know, we, we just gotta. We, can't we just say yes, thank you? That is that that is great. Or you know, sometimes people will say, oh, you know what, you did really well there, and then we bat away that encouragement by saying, yeah, I know, I think I could have done better. Um, I, could have, I could have tried harder. I didn't feel that worked out. It's like, shut up. Stop talking. Just receive the encouragement. I'm not talking about living in denial, but I am talking about ruining a good moment with, with what you're saying. You know, it's, 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 when someone said you've done well, they didn't say you've done it perfectly. You know, it's like someone uh, went up to somebody and said, "Oh, you know, you sang so beautifully there in the service," and and and, and the, the, the person said, "Oh, it was, it was, it was the Lord. It was the Lord." And and, and the person said, "Well, it wasn't that good." <laughs> you know, but it's you know, it's it's, it's about you know, we, we've got to learn to not bat away those. Things You see, some of us can find ourselves batting away encouragement because we are cynical and suspicious of people's ulterior motives. It's like someone comes up to you and says something nice, and you're thinking, what do they want? What are they after? Why are they being so nice? Why are they being nice to me? What? And it's like we, we, we find ourselves, uh, again, batting away encouragement. You know, I, I want to I say that I'm, you know, I'm taking opportunity today to, to, to deal with, with something. Um, you know, because there's, there's a phrase, like people say it. We, we say it to each other, you know, uh, and people say, oh, you know, I've got your back. Now, those who are around me and, and, and love me, um, they uh, know it's not a phrase I enjoy or like because of certain events that took place in my life that caused me to say, I don't like, I don't like that phrase, basically, because some people said that a lot, and then certainly didn't have my back, and it was just, and so even though they were all forgiven, and that is amazing, but that phrase, I just did not like, and the only, those who love me and are close to me will only use it to tease me with it, because they know I don't like it, but I want to put something to bed today, I want to put, I want to put, declare an end to something. Because I thought as I was preparing this, you know what, I'm not going to allow that thing to have power over me anymore. So I'm not going to, allow- when someone comes to me uh, and says, you know, I've got your back, they don't know what my story, they don't know, they don't know my story, they don't know, they don't know nothing about the history of it, they're just trying to be encouraging. So from now on, I declare in Jesus' name that that phrase will not discourage me. It will encourage me. In Jesus' name. It will do what it is meant to do. And I declare an end to it. I refuse to allow that thing to have power over me, and I'm going to receive the encouragement that is intended. See, some of us, some of us do need to learn the right way to encourage. Because there's a way to encourage. You know, I don't know, there are some people It's like that, that um, you know, I just need to help you with your humility approach. Where people are trying to be encouraging, but they come up to you and say, now nah, listen, I don't want to make you big-headed. Or I don't want this to go to your head. But I just want to say, it's like, wow, you know, you've, you've lost any sense of encouragement because you think that I've got problems with my, my head. Uh, you know, it's like... Just You don't need to frame it like that. Just be encouraging. Just say something good. Or, or maybe you know it's, there, there, it's in there somewhere approach. Where, you know, like, I don't know, something like, I don't usually like your cooking, but that was really good. <laughs> like, right. right. I, or as someone once said to me, do you know what? At first I didn't really like you, but you're all right. I think there was a compliment in there somewhere. So, you know, I like you don't have to frame your words of encouragement in that way, because by so doing, you can actually ruin the moment of encouragement. And it ends up not being an encouragement at all. You know, so I think there's like there's a time for banter. I don't know about you, but I love banter. I am. Um, if you're a Baxter, you like banter. That is it. Banter for days. Well I say that? My wife doesn't like banter, so we've had some interesting times over the years. And uh, but you know, like a bit of banter. You know, a bit. We. You know, it's a bit of an English thing, I suppose. But you know, the the problem with it is that sometimes even those who like banter. Stuff can be said in the moment of humour when <laughs> it's all laughing and high-fiving, and then, and then you go home, and that little phrase comes back to mind, and you think, "We well, are joking, right?" I mean, it was. I mean, it wasn't serious. So, you know, it's, I think we can be. We've got to be careful. You know, not everybody does banter, and they don't even. Like it, but we shouldn't. Some of us use banter as a vehicle to deliver our encouragement, and that is something we need to be careful of because, again, you can it cannot be having its desired effect, it cannot be having the desired end because we're using the wrong vehicle. You've got to, you've got if you want to be a genuine encouragement, you've got to do it in the way that that person wants to receive it, not in the person, not in the way you think is the right way to receive it. Kind of on the other side of things, just as like we've got to be careful with our words sometimes, and, uh, uh, you know, because that can have a, a damaging effect. Can I tell you what can also have a damaging effect? No words at all. Right. Silence. Say, not saying something when you should say something can also be a damaging thing. And I think that we just need, you know, sometimes we, we can... You know, rather, rather than encourage, we just say, ah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure there's loads of people who say that to them, or I'm sure there's loads of people who, who deliver, you know, that or whatever, or they've got loads of people around them who are going to say that kind of thing. And you know what? Obviously, as a pastor over many years, I've taken many funerals, and on occasion, I've had one of those moments where people have said, you know, you know X, Y, Z about the person, say some really good things, and, and then they say, and I, I, I never got a chance to say it. But the truth is they did get a chance to say it, but they just never took the opportunity. The trouble is that when you're encouraging someone at their funeral, there's a problem. Hopefully they're with Jesus and they're getting all the encouragement in their knee, but they're not, maybe they could have heard that when you were here. Don't save your good comments for funerals. Turn to someone and say he's talking to you. You see, it doesn't matter who we are. We all, from time to time, need encouragement. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter where you are on the scale of things. Every single one of us need encouragement. But woe to anyone who has closed the door when encouragement comes knocking. Because the trouble is, that if I close, the, I can close the door to try and keep out discouraging words, but if I close the door to keep out discouraging words, I've also closed the door to keep out encouraging words. And, and you, that's not the way we were meant to live. We've got to, not one of us, and I think, I think some of this can you know actually uh, kind of be, One of the negative things, I mean, every strength has its weakness, you know, like British culture, you know, stiff upper lip and all that old chap. You know, don't show any emotions, just keep it all to yourselves, keep it on the down low, guys. And, uh, you know, we aren't going to let any of that show. We're just going to keep and just keep it to ourselves. Well, you know what? Maybe that has its place at certain times, but in the body of Christ, we need each other. We, the body is meant to minister to the body. That means that sometimes I will be strong when somebody else is weak. But it also needs—I need some, also to allow someone else to be strong when I'm weak. No one's got it together all the time, no matter how they look. And we know that some people are really good at putting on the good impression. You know, we put on our church. Smile. We turn up, we look like we've got everything together. You know, it's like, you know, I, we, I think, I know we're not supposed to lie in church, but some of us, we could, we're really good at it. You know, because we, we give this impression, our world could be falling apart, but we're just there, arms oh, with that smile. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's when you're getting ready for church. I remember years ago with the kids, you know, getting ready. I'm out in the car chomping. At the bit, you know, like, where is it? Why is it? Why is it? You can get ready on time every other day of the week, but it comes to Sunday and no one, the kids aren't getting dressed. They can't find the shoe. They can't find it. uh, And I'm sat in the car like, and then, you know, then eventually they get in, and, and, and the, the the wife gets in after they've been up, they've got the breakfast, they've dressed everybody, they showered everybody. You know, like all I did was get up and get me ready. But now I'm sat in the car saying, why are we always late? Why are we always late? And you know, she'll say, well, maybe, maybe if you could just help. Then, well, never mind that now. We're going to be late again. And, and 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 you know, it's just this. We're going to the house of worship, but let me tell you, there's no worship going on in that car on the way to church, and you're saying you that, and you pull up at church, and you get out and you get, you put, get out of the car, and you go, morning, oh, beautiful day, oh, amazing, hallelujah, God is good, and hey, we're good at that, I mean, I'm sure that's just my family, but we're good at putting on a good impression that everything with me and my world is just fine, but it's not and every one of us need to open our hearts to receive encouragement it's one of the things that i love about the biblical character of david because as we will see we've talked about jonathan being encouraged but jonathan himself was an encourager as we'll see in a moment but but the thing about david was he was such a phenomenal leader but he learned how to receive encouragement. There's this amazing account, and I just, I've gone for it in the King James Version just because of the way it puts it, but this is in, in, in verse three of 1 Samuel 30. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. This was the city of Ziklag, and their wives, and their sons, and their daughters. Were taken captives. And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Wow. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Camelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now I want to just point out that in that moment, I want I I you to just put yourself in that moment. You've been out fighting wars, you arrive at Ziklag. You were expecting a warm welcome from the wives and from the children, but from, wearied from war, tired, worn out, you arrive and you see that you, the, 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 what you thought was home was burned. The wives are gone. The men who had been prepared to put their life on the line for you, now they want to kill you because you have taken them to war, left the village vulnerable, everything's. Everything it seems has gone to pot. Let me tell you, in those moments, you can't. You can't now. This is not the time to practice. In that moment, you have got to have built up some resources in God. You have got. You have got to be carrying something. It's no good thumbing through your Bible for some word of encouragement. Right then, because you need, you need to be carrying some resources into that moment. And, and David encouraged himself in God. Why? Because he had learned to do that. Yeah, right. he, had, he had built up a resource, not in the time of war, but in the time of peace. As, as, as a man, uh, as a shepherd on the, on the hillside alone looking after the sheep, sat there with his harp, just worshiping God, worshiping God, thinking about what he was doing, thinking about being a shepherd. And then he starts to declare under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, oh, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores, he restores, he restores my soul, he restores my soul, and that same David had took took what he learned in those moments and he applied it to this moment, and he encouraged himself in God. It's a powerful thing to learn to encourage yourself in God. Some of us look to others to encourage us. We look around for encouragement for all kinds of things, but it's a powerful thing to learn to encourage yourself in God. What would it look like if you started encouraging yourself in God, and stopped allowing that critical internal bully that you carry around with you have so much say. What if you started out drowning out that voice with the encouragement that only God can give? And what I love is the Bible helps us to do that because we read in Romans 15. That for everything that was written in the past was written to teachers so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. See, there's something in the Scriptures. There's encouragement that we find in the Scriptures so that we might have hope. You could say it like this, the Scriptures provide the Script. It provides a script for you to read, for you to learn, for you to confess over yourself, over your circumstances, over your life, over your family, over your health, over your finances. As someone once said, don't say that God is silent if your Bible is closed. The Bible provides a place of encouragement. And as I speak those things out, I'm speaking life over myself. The, the Proverbs tells us that, that our words have the power of death in them or the power of life. Let me tell you, there's no in-between ground. You either speak life or you speak death. There's, there's nothing in between. I, I was driving in today. Um, with uh, with my wife and uh, we were driving here I am on the way to preach to you about encouragement to preach to you about this and she speaks to me rebukes me from the back seat for the way I was speaking because I was speaking in a way that was not releasing life I was speaking about myself in a way that was not releasing life and she rebuked me for it rightly so And pulled me to my senses. That that we need. Sometimes we need help because sometimes there's stuff that comes out of our mouth. We're so used to saying it, we don't even realize that we're speaking death. But God wants us to speak life over ourselves and over our circumstances. See, David learned to encourage himself, but David also learned to encourage, to draw encouragement from others. We find that in 1 Samuel 23. Well, let me read this. He says, And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph, and Saul sought him every day. Just think about that. Every day. Every day. Someone wanted to kill him. Every day. Someone seeking him. Every day. On the run. Every day. Every day. You go to bed. You're on the run. You wake up on the run. The nightmare never goes away. Every day. Every day. Every day. But God. Turn to someone and say, but God. But God did not give him into his hand. David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And watch this. And Jonathan Saul's son rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. You see... Encouragement is a powerful thing. I just love that. That Jonathan went and strengthened David's hand in God. David, the mighty warrior. David, the mighty man. David, the the soon-to-be king. but, 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 But Jonathan went and strengthened his hand and said, come on, keep going. You can do this. Has, has anybody ever had a moment like that where, where, where you, someone has just come and, and they don't, maybe they don't even know, maybe you didn't even get a chance to say, but, but you someone spoke into your life. They spoke a word of encouragement and it just lifted your spirit, lifted something off you and encouraged. Maybe, maybe they encouraged you more than they ever know, more than they ever realized. Do you know what I love? And David, uh, sorry, Wayne actually uh, spoke about this uh, some while ago. Talked about encouragement. Cur, cur, cur comes from the French word heart. Heart. Cur is heart for uh, is uh, French for heart. And encouragement is about it's about speaking strength to the heart. And I just love that because we're called Heart Church, and and a Heart Church I believe is meant to be. A place of encouragement. It's where that is, there should be no more encouraging place than this. We need to know. We need to be a place. Because I believe that some of us are called to do great exploits. But like David, there are times when we're going to need to be encouraged. Because life can be tough. Circumstances can be tough. It can be tough when you're seeking to outwork the will of God in your life. It can be tough. But God will send a word. That will release encouragement into your spirit. We've said last week, as part of our purpose, that family is foundational. Family committed to helping one another pursue God's best. And part of that is creating an environment of encouragement. Of course, encouragement doesn't only work in church, encouragement works. Outside of church, I would want to believe that as a community, part of us going out and being salt and light is that wherever we go, we're releasing encouragement. There is a massive, powerful, evangelistic value to encouragement that, that, that you should be the most encouraging person in the environment where you are. Be it at home, be it at work, be it at uni, be it at school, wherever. To carry the encouragement that God gives. First Thessalonians 5 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. In Romans 12, it also speaks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's talking about the encouragement, verse 8. It talks about prophesying. Then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. Verse 8, if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. There is incredible power in encouragement. Some people have a gift of encouragement. The Spirit of God enables them, like a heat-seeking missile, to be able to seek out those people who need a word of encouragement. And that word of encouragement is like a cool drink, on a fiercely hot day. In fact, what I love is that that word uh, encourage or encouragement in, in, in the original language is paraclesis. Now, some of you will know that paraclesis is a, a sister word to paraclete. Paraclete is, means someone who comes alongside. That that is how the Holy Spirit is described. The Holy Spirit is described as the Paraclete, the one who draws alongside. The gift of encouragement is one he draws alongside to exhort, urge, encourage, give joy, give comfort. It's a powerful gift. Never, never, ever. If anyone ever says, "Oh, you know, well, you know, what do you do?" You, well, I, I just, I just. I just bring, I don't know, I just encourage people. That, that, don't ever say, I just encourage people. It is, that's like saying, you know, that Oh, I, I'm just the oil in the engine. You know, it's like, hey, if we don't have the oil, everything seizes up. You can have the most amazing engine in the world, but if there's no oil, the whole thing seizes up. It's not just the oil. Reminds me of that joke of the woman who went into the parts department of a garage and says... Um, have you got a longer dipstick? And they said, "Why? He said, because the one I've got's not reaching the oil." But anyway, yeah, it's a dad joke. Just forgive me for that little moment. The encouragement is the oil that keeps the engine going. Proverbs kind of puts it like this. It puts it like this in 15:23. Uh, Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. You see, if we, if we develop a culture of encouragement, we're going to see some people do some great things, some mighty exploits, because they're going to be encouraged to do so, like Jonathan like David. And you know, I want to say, I want to say, you know, never mind, never mind even here. This, this doesn't just start here. This starts right where you are, at home. Starts in your house, in your home. Husbands and wives should speak words of encouragement to one another. And let your children hear you doing it. That is a powerful thing. When a child hears a father encouraging their mother or a mother encouraging their father. Don't we mustn't lose those things in the busyness of life. Some of you you can't lose it because you never found it, but you could start. Anyway, we'll leave that there. We need to encourage our children. them doing something good it's really easy to catch our kids doing something bad but catch them doing something good and celebrate it don't just tell them they look lovely don't just tell them they look good don't just focus we we can too easily sometimes get caught up in the way people look and the way they but, but life is more than the way you look pick out character traits you know, that was really kind. You worked really hard there. To, to be able to, you know, one of the things that we used to do when the, when the uh, kids' uh, friends come around, we used to take the opportunity, if we saw something in one of their friends that we liked, we would point that out, hope that they'd catch on to it. See, people don't always respond to what you say, but they will respond To what they think you think they're capable of. People will respond to what they think you think they're capable of. Because that is the unspoken message that gets communicated behind our words. Let's look to live the life of being... An encourager. Yeah, sure, some people are going to have a greater gift, but all of us can nurture that quality in our life. You know, what, what would this week look like if you, if you took a moment to, to make a phone call for someone? Maybe someone who, who some, did something a long time ago, and they, you never actually got a chance to tell them that, that what they did there or what they said there really encouraged them. Well, you know, don't wait for the funeral. Ring them or send an email or send a text message or hear something, write a card or, or write a letter. There is something still very powerful. I may be just old-fashioned enough to think that there are some things that just mean more when they're written on a piece of paper than flicked across in a text message, but you may just say that's because I'm old. Buy somebody a gift, an act of service, that would be amazing to bring that kind of encouragement into someone's life. You see, I just think we learn so much from what Jonathan did there for David. Jonathan strengthened David's hand in God. Don't you just love that? He said he he he, he said to him. So, firstly, firstly, Jonathan went to him. You know, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it's not even that someone's going to say something. It's just that they're there. So good. Just that someone turned up. That's, that's so true. Just that they're there yeah. is a massive encouragement. But, so Jonathan, he, he rose. He rose and he went to be where David was. And he said to him, do not fear. My God. Yeah. My God. And then he, I maybe I don't know, maybe he didn't even realize it. He began to prophesy, He's saying, "Don't be afraid, because the hand of my fa- saw my father shall not find you, and you shall be king over Israel." I, you know, it's like right now when those words are going into those circumstances, it doesn't seem like anything's going to change. But Jonathan came to. See strengthen david's hand in god to inspire to bring confidence to give courage to spur someone on to do something they may not have otherwise done jonathan spoke his belief into David, of what he would become. You see, encouragement calls greatness out of people. Encouragement brings comfort in trial. Encouragement enables people to stand against the odds. Encouragement Causes people to succeed where they might have failed. Encouragement causes people to keep going where they might have given up. I just wonder what this week might look like. If you made the decision that every day you were going to encourage somebody, Maybe a word there. Maybe a text. Maybe a phone call. I don't know. Maybe an email. Whatever, however you choose. But what, what would this week look like if you decided to encourage somebody? You know what the weird thing is? And some of you know exactly what I mean. When I set out to encourage somebody, I end up feeling encouraged. As I sow encouragement. I reap encouragement. The Bible puts it this way He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Let's encourage one another towards love and good deeds, but let's encourage one another to great exploits. Perhaps. The Lord will help us. God bless you. Thank you.